Blog Talk Radio. This is what we do every Saturday morning. We uh, make our way through the crazy world of sports. And you know what? I said on the show, I said on social media, that we are absolutely done talking about Antonio Brown. And we are still done talking about Antonio Brown. But there is some breaking news with Antonio Brown, so we'll get into that. It is IndyCar Championship Weekend. We uh, crown a champion this weekend. Who is it going to be? Joseph Newgarden, Simon Padijan, a lot of names to talk about. And you know what? I, I, I thought that Matthew Embry, our official IndyCar contributor, was going to join us. He, unfortunately, is not going to be able to join us today. So it's just me and you. But then in the uh, in the next half hour here, we're going to get into some NASCAR talk with Steve Wilson from Speedway Digest. And then in the second hour, we kick off our college football segment. One of the biggest games on the docket this week is Georgia and Notre Dame. And we'll be talking with Rick Reagan, our official college football contributor. Also, Notre Dame extraordinaire fan. Whatever. So we'll get his his thoughts on that game. Lots of other games in the top 25. But as you know, we try to just stick with the top 25 because there's so many games. And then we'll play the homework card with IU Purdue. But other than that, it is college football Saturday. And then, that's right, we roll into week number three and uh, with the NFL. And if if this game why, – why is social media – Dictated by Tom Brady. Tom Brady says, I'm turning off this game between the Titans and the Jacksonville Jags. We're going to get into that conversation. Really? I don't care if Tom Brady's watching or not. The point is the Tennessee Titans aren't what they should be. And you know what? A lot of people might say, and you know, might say, uh, burn the village down and restart. With Tennessee, we'll see what happens. We're also going to be talking with Ed Kratz, uh, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles with SI.com. And our official NFL contributor are going to be joining us and talking some NFL mo from the BS Sports Show as well. So 917-889-8516 is our digits. This is a show like none other. Like We say that every, every week, but we got a lot to talk about, a lot to go through, so Stick around. It's about to get good right here on the Balance Radio Network.
quick stop, midnight tea top, Jack and her cherry coke pen. Mama and daddy put the roots right here, cause this is where the car broke down. Yellow dog school bus, kicking up red bus, kicking us up by a barbed wire fence. MTV on the RCA, no AC in the vent. We were Jesus, save me, blue jean baby. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Symbol Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Portland, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine.
better theme song than the uh, with in Antonio Brown than the one that we had last week. Even better. You know, we 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 said we would we would stop talking about Antonio Brown, and I think we have finally got to the point where we can really stop talking about Antonio Brown. Yeah, there's no love that's going to keep us together with Antonio Brown in the NFL and his self-sabotage machine. Let's let's go ahead because we, we will give it some airtime uh, coming up in the last part of the show with NFL. But we're going to talk NFL. We're going to be talking about some games. We're going to be talking about the Titans and the Jags. Some storylines there too as well. The Colts. The Falcons, the Eagles. We're going to be talking some fantasy football, maybe, you know, how it relates. Here's what I would give you some advice. If you have Antonio Brown on your roster on fantasy football right now, stop everything you're doing. I don't care what you're doing. Stop. Go to your fantasy football location Go to your team and hit drop right now, immediately, immediately. Of course, most of you are probably smart enough to have already done that. I tell you what, why are we spending so much time with this guy? Just like we spent so much time talking about Colin. So, so Nike separates their relationship with Antonio Brown but keeps their relationship with Colin I don't know I'm still scratching my head on that they need to separate themselves from both of them but in case you've been underneath a rock and in case you're like why, why why can't we talk about Antonio Brown anymore? Because, <laughs> one, he's a diva. There's a lot of other divas in the NFL, too. It's not just Antonio Brown, but, man, he's taking it to – he's taking divaness. Is that a word? Divaness? He's taking divaness to oh, – if it's not a word, I'm going to make it one right now. I'm going to send – a uh, letter to the Webster's Dictionary. Put in the word devious. 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 Either which way. So it turns out that Antonio Brown, despite uh, the competitive uh, whatever spirit that he may have, is not so bulletproof. It only goes to show that... (laughs) There's only so far you can go. Now, we will say that there are allegations. He's not been proven guilty, and he's not had any charges brought against him. And honestly, not trying to minimize the rape charges and and things that are brought up against Antonio Brown on the sexual assault because that's very serious stuff. But honestly, if that's all it was, if that's all it was, he would still be with the Steelers. 
This goes back to last year, even before, when he was with the Steelers, and he wanted to get out of the Steelers. And then the Oakland Raiders like, oh, yeah, we want us some Antonio Brown. Give us some of that A.B. love. Just in time to have him part of the Hard Knocks in his shoes, his chiral therapy, whatever, his ice shoes, my helmet. He farts in a doctor's face. I mean, the list just keeps going, keeps mounting. It's like you can only take so much, and then you're done. And the New England Patriots said, yeah, Uh, even though you're one of the most talented guys in the NFL, even us, the New England Patriots, and everybody knows my hatred for the New England Patriots, hate's a strong word, isn't it? Strong word. Dislike. As they say, mean what you say, say what you mean, but don't be mean when you say it. But the New England Patriots are known to just say, hey, if you're going to win us some ball games, you, you're good enough to be on our team. And they thought they had a nugget. But even they weren't bulletproof to the Antonio Brown saga. Even the New England Patriots said, whoa, we done. We out. I'm done. And I think India, uh, Indiana. I think the NFL. A lot of people in the NFL, a lot of fans of the NFL and in America, would argue that America's most popular and hypocritical sport is full of franchises that view discarded troublemakers simply as a talent on sale. There are limits for enabled narcissism. God, I'm using big words today. Aren't you proud of me? (laughs) And that's Antonio Brown. That sums it up. That's what's going on. Yes, he might be good on the field. But no, no, no. We are done. We are done with Antonio Brown. (laughs) You know, I, I can pleasure you with I know you want me to pleasure you. With all the stats about Antonio Brown. Now, here's a great football player. Dang. Duke can score some points. Duke can can, uh, be what you need him to be on a fantasy team. And, and, And mark my word, it's coming. I don't know when, but the next story with Antonio Brown, the next saga, the next chapter with Antonio Brown is the CTE concussion stuff. Is that serious? Yeah, that's serious. Well, we can't test it till he's dead. But something's going wrong upstairs with him. The elevator's not going all the way up, but stuck somewhere in the middle. A few sandwiches short of a picnic, as they say. Something's going wrong with that dude. And I I hope he gets the help that he needs. But mark my words, I don't know when it's going to happen. 
I just know it's going to happen. And the next saga that you hear from Antonio Brown is the CTE. Maybe that's it. Maybe he's he's the the uh, CTE spokesperson. Start testing live people. Well, I don't know if they can do it or not do it. I'm not a doctor. But mark my words, the next chapter that we hear from Antonio Brown is CTE. And you heard it first from me. If you claim you heard it somewhere else, then you're full of crap. It's Saturday morning. It's the balance. 917-889-8516 is our digits. we got better things to talk about than Antonio Brown. A lot better things to talk about than Antonio Brown. One of those better things to talk about is IndyCar. IndyCar rolls into Lagoda in Cali. This is it. Championship weekend. We are going to find out this weekend who is going to get the 2019, 2019 IndyCar championship. Man, it just seems like yesterday, although clearly it wasn't, that, that we were talking about getting ready for the Indianapolis 500. And now we're past the Indianapolis 500, obviously, and we're championship weekend. So, I mean, you know, we, me and and it's unfortunate Matthew couldn't join us today. I know he's got other obligations. A big game going on with Notre Dame. He works for the flagship station up there in South Bend, WSBT. And we're going to get into in the next segment here with Rick Riggin, our, co- our official college football contributor, about oh, – I'm, I'm sorry, not the next segment, in the next hour. Next segment is NASCAR with Steve Wilson, uh, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest. But in the next hour, we're going to get into this big game with Notre Dame and, and um, Georgia. It's not a playoff game, but you might think it would be. Notre Dame probably won't win, but they got to keep it close. So, yeah, uh, Matthew uh, doing a a lot with that. Uh, So we're flying solo on the IndyCar today. But Joseph Newgarden, Penske, uh, Penske whiz kid. Remember Joseph Newgarden when he was with uh, Ed Carpenter and Sarah Fisher when they were a team together, Ed Carpenter and Sarah Fisher. And, um, you know, it, it, it's kind of funny to just think about the past of these drivers when you, when you follow them as deep as I do and, you know, have a history of, of where they've come from and not following them and then, you know, talking with them out there at the track. And, you know, I remember when Joseph Newgarden was brought into IndyCar, or full-time, big-time IndyCar, I'm going to talk about he was with Indy Lights. There was a lot of things that he had. he built his resume. Obviously, they didn't just say, "Hey, uh, we pick you to be an IndyCar." But we're just going to start from the point that he came into IndyCar. Another driver, which was very well known in the short tracks, very well known across the state of Indiana and well, across the nation, but uh, an Indiana boy. And we say Indiana is our homework card because that's who we are. That's what we do. We're from Indiana. We're located in just a few miles uh, west of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway at 16th and Georgetown, high atop the Balance Studios in the west suburbs of Indianapolis. So Indiana is our home card. 
But there was another driver that unfortunately was not able to quite make it in IndyCar. He had a couple rides. He had a couple shots. One of his first shots was a teammate with Joseph Newgarden and Ed Carpenter and Sarah Fisher, and it's Brian Clawson. Brian Clawson, as, as we remember, his, his first Indy 500 wrecked, and Joseph Newgarden kind of took the spotlight from that point. I mean, nothing against Joseph. I mean, he's a good guy. Brian's a good guy. But Brian, as you remember, a few years back, uh, was killed tragically in a a uh, dirt track midget wreck. And how awesome was that to see the dirt track out at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway this year? Well, and, and the race is named in his name. And obviously a lot of a, a really good rookie. And there's that connection there, which check out on Speedway Digest, our, our article that we wrote about that connection between the winner there at Dirt Track and Brian Clawson. But the connection there I, I, I find interesting. And, and that's where Joseph Newgarden began. Joseph Newgarden obviously began to win races and became very one of the best known drivers in, in the sport. And now he's with Penske. He's been with Penske a few years. And uh, I think he's a good guy. I think he's he's certainly worthy of a championship. So that's one of the guys we're going to be watching, Joseph Newgarden, obviously, leading the points. I know I bore you with all the back details, but sometimes there's back stories. Like with Alexander Rossi, number two in the slots. Remember him? Alexander Rossi wins the Indianapolis 500 as a rookie. Only a handful of people have ever been able to do that. And he has been right there in the mix of things. Look at Simon Padishon, number three from Vaults, Indy 500 winner. Great story. He is also with Penske. He has a great backstory, too. There's so many backstories that we could get. Scott Dixon, the Iceman, still right there, number four. Will Power, former Indy 500 champion himself, right there. Soto from Japan. Brian Hunter Ray. Those are all drivers that that we are looking at now. Honestly, I think it's it's just going to have to come down to laps lead. We got, I mean, we got the rookie with Chip Canessi, uh, the the teammate of um, Scott Dixon, Felix Rosenfest, who won the. Uh, didn't he win the Grand Prix? Either which way, no, I'm sorry, he did not win the Grand Prix. He was on the pole. My fault. Got Graham Rahal and Ferrucci. Let's talk about the rookies this year. Who's going to get the rookie of the year? I mean, a lot of people might say it's, it's Ferrucci. I know Matthew, I think he's talked, he's been on that bandwagon a little bit as well. But I, I'm on the Colton Herta bandwagon. Maybe he doesn't have the most impressive win resume, but I'm on, I'm on the bandwagon for uh, Colton Herta. Of course, uh, rounding out the standings aren't going to be in the championship uh, talk is uh, Sebastian Bourdais, James Hinchcliffe. It's good to see him out at the Brickyard 400 on his weekend off. 
And then, of course, Colton Hurd, as we as we talked about, Colton Hurd, I, I, you know, I have this uncanny ability to predict the future of what's going to happen. Colton Hurd is going to get the rookie of the year. And honestly, Alexander Ross is going to be the champion. It's not going to be Joseph, News, uh, Joseph Newgarden. Sorry. I hate, I hate to carry this heavy burden, this heavy cross. I hate to be that guy that has to, to, to have this ability to tell you how it's going to play out, what's going to play out, when it plays out. But that's, that's why you trust me. That's why, that's why you bring – that's why you come to me. That's why you call me El Presidente. Nine one seven eighty nine eight five one six is our digits. If you want to give me a ringy ding ding, we'll talk some IndyCar. Yes, even some Antonio Brown. I cannot walk and chew gum at the same time. But yeah, if you want to talk to me, Antonio Brown. <laughs> but why? Why would you want to talk Antonio Brown? Why would you want to interrupt our IndyCar talk uh, with Antonio Brown? And I, and I sure hope that you're following us on on the on the balance at T Balance on Twitter, Facebook, the balance. But really, the best place to find us is the balance. So tomorrow, we'll see the final race of the 2019 NTT Data IndyCar Series. Championship place to take place in Laguna, California. Southern California. Let's see what happens. Of course, Steve's down in Richmond. He's going to be giving this call. That's his home track. He's going to talk to NASCAR. Richard. IndyCar connection there. IndyCar goes back to Richmond next year in the in the 2020 season. So that's going to be fun. Now I think I'm going to pencil that in to uh, go to that race and hang out with Steve Wilson. For that race. We'll see what happens. My name is Tom Marcus El Presidente, 917-889-8516 is our digits. And we gotta say goodbye to Antonio Brown. And with it's with a great burden and a great sorrow. Can, can, can you hear the sarcasm in my voice? Can you hear the, the distraught in my voice? We'll talk about it again at the end of the show. In our last segment, in our NFL segment with Ed Kratz and Mo from the BS Sports Show. But other than that, we're not going to talk about Antonio Brown anymore. Let's say our goodbyes.
The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Symbol Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything.
All right, welcome back to Bounce with Metallica, bringing us back in. Nothing like Metallica on a Saturday morning. And you know what? We're standing by here, efforting to get a hold of Steve Wilson, who's down at Richmond, uh, which is his home track and big race going on there this weekend, NASCAR. Uh, Ed, Steve Wilson, uh, editor-in-chief of uh, Speedway Digest. Uh, com is our official NASCAR contributor. We're, we're efforting to get a hold of him. You might be caught up with that. Hey, hey, I get it. I understand. When you're down there at the track, going around, you're doing things. Trust me. I know it's hard to get get in the in the mix of things. Really. So we're hopefully going to be able to, to talk with him. NASCAR obviously rolling into uh, Richmond uh, tonight, 730 race night race underneath the lights so i talked about a little bit in the last segment indycar going to be back at richmond next year as part of the 2020 schedule so we'll do that but a lot of a lot of things going on the the um college football arena as well and rick reagan our official college football contributor will join us to be talking some notre dame at georgia and I, and I I know we want to get to some NASCAR, but I just want to I want to keep the NASCAR because if I if I steal all the thunder, no pun intended. Those of you that have ever seen that Tom Cruise movie, one of the best NASCAR movies of all time. But I do want to see I do want to see that that movie in a blink of an eye. That is on my agenda to go see here very very soon. Certainly a a, a documentary about. Uh, documentary of sorts if you will a movie about uh nascar and its legends like dale senior and and the waltrops and that relationship and, and and all kinds of stuff like that so check that out in the blink of an eye so we'll get uh college football going here maybe we'll get college football uh going a little bit early we'll see we will see we can get Rick Riggin on and we'll get his football. You know, hey, that's all part of, you know, when you do your show prep, get things ready to go, and, and you have everything set, and then it just, it just dissipates. I didn't know you guys don't, you know, I'm not Rush Limbaugh, but Rush, Rush Limbaugh, Although I am on loan for God, just like he is, you know, with one hand tied behind my back. I'm smart enough to walk you through this crazy world. <laughs> but he never has any guests on. He never has to use the word efforting. It's the word of the day, efforting. Efforting. 917-889-8516 is our digits. Want to talk some NASCAR? Want to talk some IndyCar Championship? In Lagoda, we're we'll talking some college football. Yes, yes, yes. If you want to talk some Antonio Brown, <laughs> more power to you. I'll listen to you. We'll get, we'll get things rolling on that. But yeah, you know, a lot going on in NASCAR too. So I am trying to. Uh,
trying to get a hold of Say Wilson. Say Wilson. How many of you guys uh, remember the movie with um, Tom Hanks in the volleyball? Wilson. Am I the only one? I'm sure that he is busy doing track stuff. So maybe we'll just go ahead, just roll on into our NASCAR talk. Brad Koloski leads the point race. Why? You know, that's stuck in my mind now. I literally just sent uh, Steve Wilson a meme that said, Wilson! (laughs) I live in my own dark humor of a world. Brad Koloski leads the point the point standing rolling into Richmond. You know what though? Going back to Indianapolis and Brad Koloski, I know we have a couple races underneath our belt since then. But what a freaky wreck he was in there in Indianapolis. And honestly, I was there. Even though it was just a few moments from the time that he, he hit the tire barrier and was literally covered up with tires, almost completely. You could barely see the car. Total dead silence. We, not by intention, not by design or anything like that, but by uh, ha- happenstance, we had the uh, Brad Kolosky scanner on. wasn't saying anything, nothing. And. It just kind of got a dead silence. It was just for a few moments, but it felt like a long time. And honestly, I was just like, this does not look good. Of course, we're we're tragically remembered about accidents that happened on the track. Thank God. Thank God he got out and he's okay, but when he got out of the car and it was filling full of black smoke, he looked like some sort of superhero. Yeah. As he gets out of the car, it looked like he was a little dazed. But he's okay. But yeah, tore up a race car. Had to red flag for a little bit. Why they did repairs. Brian Koloski rolls in in, in in the in the leading of the point standings. Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick won the poll at Indianapolis. You know, I'm not one to really rehash things because you never know what's going on in a driver's mind. But as we were there at Indianapolis and 
he, he walked the grid, you know, where the drivers walked the grid, and they all didn't go, but Kevin Harvick did not want to be there, and he had won the poll. We've got some pictures on our social media and up on Speedway Digest. He just did not want to be there. So I don't know if it was a focus thing or what it was, but he was walking down the grid with the with the snarl from hell on his face. Chase Elliott, another driver we did not see on the grid, but Chase Elliott, look for this guy. Look for watch out for Chase Elliott. Remember his dad, um, Bill Elliott. But look out for Chase Elliott as, as we as we roll things down. I look for Chase Elliott to win it in, in Richmond tonight. It's gonna be a big race. We'll see what happens. Kurt Bush and his Toyota. Rolling in number four in the grid. They're in Richmond. You can never outdo the Bush brothers, right? You got Clint Boyer. Clint Boyer rolling out number five on the grid this week. Weekend down in Richmond. We're still standing by for Steve Wilson. You know, we're going to have to publicly shame him, aren't we? Shame. Shame. For you Game of Thrones fans. Nine one seven eight eight nine five one six is our is our digits. You know, kind of bouncing around here a little bit because it's just me and you. We're spending some quality time together. Don't you love it? Hey, you know what? We've come a long way. I remember when we first started this show so many years ago. We started it as just a podcast. That's all we were. Of course, we're much more than that now. But uh, 30-minute podcast, I had nothing. It was me and a guy by the name of Kevin Chapman. Uh, He's not with the show anymore, but we're still friends. He's just not with the show anymore. He went on to do other things. Uh came up with this idea of course that was a lot taking us back quite a few years ago come up with this idea that we wanted to try this podcast thing because nothing really at that point there were no podcasts like of a national stature of the of what you see on iTunes or or what you see on uh, on Stitcher and and all of those podcast formats where you might be listening to a song today, they, they, it, this was way before their time, before they made their mark. But it was starting to catch, get, a, get a, a little bit of a, a go, a little bit of a, an oomph. And, um, of course, really dating our show here. But we thought it would be really cool to get something recorded and be able to put it on the um, iPods. Remember iPods? And there were a few podcasts that were out there. Most of them were about pop culture and music and politics. 
we couldn't really find a lot. Now, I'm not saying that we were the founders of sports podcasts because God knows we weren't. But it was really hard to find podcasts that dealt with sports across the, the spectrum. So it's like, let's, let's, let's figure this out. Let's, how, how do we do this? So, and I know I'm, I'm taking a right turn from the show here. But uh, getting off topic here, which we're going to make that part of the public shaming of Steve Wilson. We said, let's put this together. Let's see what happens. So we literally started with a 30-minute, no commercials, no guests, me and Kevin Chapman talking about sports, whatever it was. We didn't even have a name for the show at the time. And I was, we were just like, you know, it was. We didn't have a a scheduled time slot, which there is a story behind our nine eleven uh, uh, slot, which ties in with nine eleven, and that's a huge uh, thing that we're a part of, and we we like to remember nine eleven every year, and certainly um, the last week or so that was a big part of that, but. When we got the opportunity to have a regular time slot, Kevin had moved on. But when I when I got the opportunity to have a regular time slot, I said I want nine to eleven, and it might seem early, but really there's a there's a method behind that. One, we want to catch you guys before you get called up at all the national shows. Not that we're not national because we are. We are now, but also we just wanted to remember 9-11. So that's the the story behind that. But yeah, a, a crazy thing. And then social media started uh, kind of kicking up and we started doing a, a little bit of grassroots stuff. Twitter came up. So we we're like, hey, let's start. So we started getting more and more listeners. And then we moved to the platform that we are now but it's it's crazy to think about how far we've come and, and and you guys the fans have made it happen i woke up this morning and i'm like i'm so sleepy but my dedication to this show and giving you the the utmost love I am the diva of sports talk radio, right? Get it off your minds with the Antonio Brown crap. You know, Antonio Brown, I'm done talking about him. We're we're glad that he's gone, honestly. We'll talk about him in the final segment again with Ed Kratz, just because we have to. Just because everybody else is talking about him. But but that aside, the fact that there's so many issues with Antonio Brown, and I don't blame Nike for separating their ties, and I don't blame the New England Patriots for separating their ties, because everybody knows that was the best decision to make. What irks me about Nike, and I know, old man, get off my lawn. It's the difference between a rapist and a protester. 
but but he's not a convicted he's not a convicted uh rapist do i think he did it yeah am i minimizing it no but we're 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 they're saying goodbye to him the the new england patriots no shocker nike no shocker the steelers couldn't deal with him he wanted to get away from the raiders I mean, his career is over. I can't see any team. The two teams that would take on such a mess did so, and it ended in disaster. I certainly can't see conservative teams like the Colts, obviously not the Colts, conservative teams like the the Eagles, the Rams, the Chargers, even – teams that may not need a wide receiver and and not necessarily that those teams that I just mentioned need a wide receiver because they don't necessarily. There are teams out there that would love to have a great wide receiver of Antonio Brown caliber. But no team is going to come in. I'll be shocked if any team comes within a 10-foot radius of Antonio Brown. You talk about a dumpster fire. That's not a fire. That's a gosh darn explosion. And his, his career's over. And you know what? He's not going to get picked up by any network to be an analyst, air quotes. I'm telling you, I said it earlier, I'm going to say it again. I don't know when, but I know it's coming. And it's right around the it's right around the pike. You can you can you can make book on that for those of you that are betters. You can make book on the fact that the next thing that we talk about, Antonio Brown, is CTE. He suffers from CTE, concussions. That's why he needed the helmet that he needed to have. Look, do do we have to to go through the archives of Antonio Brown since the Pittsburgh Steelers? Some ain't right with this guy. Something isn't right. You know what I do? I hope he gets the help that he needs because God knows he needs some help because something's going wrong. And maybe this is all part of being a the person that pioneers the, the living testing of CTE. Because right now, the only way they can test CTE is when you're dead and they look at your brain matter. They can't do it when you're alive. Not yet. I'm sure they're working on that technology. And you know what? Maybe, maybe history will tell a story that 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 he did suffer from CTE, or maybe we got ourselves the drama queen, and that's all it is. And I personally, at this point, think that's all it is. But don't get me wrong; something's going to happen with Antonio Brown. God, he's he's one of those. 
those narcissistic people that have to – I mean, he's the butthole of a human being. I mean, we can, we can go through everything that – do we really want to do this? I mean, this guy is crazy in the most literal way. Again, mark my words. It's going to be CTE. Hey, but it's legal now in the state of Indiana and across the board. It's legal to to do live betting, live sports bet, book betting. Do it with caution, but enjoy it. It's about time. Speaking of giving, you know, you know how I tell tell you I know everything because I do. Um, there's an app coming, and I don't know when, I don't know where, <laughs> but isn't there an app for everything? So you got to believe there's an app coming where you can sit there in your living room with your app and make bets on everything in the NFL, NCAA, and whatever. We'll see what happens. One of the things we're going to get into in the next segment here is Notre Dame and Georgia. Big game. Course we get into the top 25 teams with Rick Riggin, our official college football contributor. In the last half hour, it's Mo from the BS Sports Show and Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles at SI.com. We will briefly talk about this Antonio Brown thing again. But other than that, we're going to talk about some other games. But you know, another story that we're going to, I'm going to pick Rick's brain about is the, there's a lot of states, South Carolina, a lot, most of your SEC states, but are putting in legislation that says that that you can pay college college players. I'm not necessarily opposed to that. I know I can understand why the NCAA would be. Uh, obviously, that's going to cut into their pie, and they, they're trying to make this a legal thing, a constitutional thing that it's that. It's illegal. It's not illegal. There's not a there's not there's nothing in the book of law that says you can't pay a amateur sports player. Because you can't. The Olympics the Olympians get paid all the time. So there's some some legislation that's being introduced that says, hey, these guys should be able to earn some money. I'm all for it. I trust me. I'm not the guy on the socialist bandwagon here. I'm I'm all about capitalism. If they can make the money, make the money. But let's make it fair. I mean, let's be real. The name of of uh, Tua, for example, with Alabama, who uh, appears that the Dolphins and maybe now the Titans are tanking for jersey and name is going to bring a lot more revenue than a NCAA star field hockey player. I get that. Joining us now, Rick Reagan, our official college football contributor. Rick, how is you, sir? Happy Air Force anniversary to you. Yeah, thank you, buddy. How you doing? Hey, man, rocking and rolling. I've been stood up like a prom, uh, like a like a guy on prom date or whatever. 
I knew Matthew wasn't going to join us. I want to publicly shame Steve Embry. I've, I've had to, I've had to make our listeners uh, pull their eyeballs out over the next last hour. Just kidding. Let, let's get your thoughts. So, so no <laughs> Matthew Embry on Notre Dame Georgia Day. Day there's no Matthew Embry. I think, Embry I think, I think, I think that's the like reason. One. I honestly think that's the, the reason game? because well, it's because he works for the flagship station WSBT. He's the producer up there, and he produces the pregame shows and a lot of stuff that he does up there. And he's also our official IndyCar contributor. So, in all fairness, he did tell me that he's got a lot going on today. So, I think that's the reason there. I think that is the actual reason. But we're going to get into this in the next segment. We'll tease it a little bit now. But it's a big game with Georgia and Notre Dame. And we're going to do this also, a conversation I was just having a little bit before you rung in, and we're going to take a break here in a minute. But And that's the, the pain of, of a college athlete. Uh, there's a lot of states, mostly in the SEC world, are introducing legislation that says, hey, let's let's make it legal to – like it was ever illegal. It's not against the law. It's not, I mean, they want to make it sound like it's against the law. That's why why they brought in all these FBI investigators. And come on, we talked about this when all of this have happened with the shoe deals. There's no reason why they can't be paid. I'm all for capitalism. I think everybody knows that. But there there has to be. I, I here here's what I think. I think if you can sell a jersey. A certain portion should go to the NCAA, and a certain portion should go to you. And, and, and it should be determined on what you can sell. The, now, as we know, Miami Dolphins, and now it appears the Tennessee Titans are, are tanking for Tua. He, he's going to bring in a lot more money than, say, a field hockey star in, for the Ohio State University. It's just, it's just the math. So I think the more money that you can bring – the more money that you have to give back to the NCAA. And if you can't bring any money or make any money, then you don't get paid. What are your thoughts? Well, I don't think that Tennessee's tanking for anybody. I just don't think they're that good. Miami is definitely tanking for Tua, Travis Etienne, uh, Grant Delpit from LSU, uh, all, the, all the top names, all the top names are going to try to get in the first round next year. Uh, just throwing that out there. But, as far as the NCAA and, and players and this whole thing where states are trying to pass a bill now, I'm all for it. I'm 100% for it. Uh, nothing stops the uh, student there on the art scholarship from selling art during the year, and they make their money off that. Why can't the athletes do it too? Uh, uh, it's not like the old NCAA anymore where, oh, you're getting a free scholarship to play sports or whatever, so you can't make any money. I think it's dumb. I think it's outdated. I 100% Hundred percent support what these states are doing now. No, I'm with you. I'm all I'm all about capitalism. And you know, I can't remember who it is. I honestly cannot remember who it is. But I know that somebody recently won the American Idol, won all these millions of dollars, got a record contract. But she was at school when she went on this contest, American Idol. I think it was American Idol or America's Got Talent. One of these shows where it showcases their talent of singing, and she won. But she was on a musical scholarship at this college. Now she's getting paid millions of dollars. I, I, I think it's Kelly Clarkson, but I could be wrong. I'm, I'm not good on those names, but it was a, it's a very well-known singer who, when she went on this show was on a scholarship for music at one of the colleges and she's getting paid. Nobody's saying a word about that. 
Right. Yeah. So, hey, hey whatever brings the NCAA uh, college football, EA sports back, that's what I'm 100% for. So this is probably going to do that. If every state can get this thing passed, that we can get this uh, college football game back, back in our lives for PlayStation and Xbox and all that, let's do it, man. I'm all for it. Well, you make a valid point there. I mean, and we'll go into a break, but you make a valid point. It's like John Madden in his games and the likeness that, that the players have. I mean, if you're a, uh, a – luck is now being removed from Madden, by the way. I've, I, I saw that. But, but the point is if you're a Brady or if you're a Luck or if you're a um, a, a top star, you're going to be featured in the Madden games. But all the NFL players are featured in the NFL Madden games, there is an exception. There is a legal out. I don't know that anybody's ever ex- exercised this. If you do not want to be part of – so the NFL gets a huge chunk of the Madden money. The NFL does, which we all know trickles down to the teams, which trickles down to the players. Uh, but uh, the NFL, because they use the NFL shield and the likeness, gets a percentage of the profits. And let's let's face it, the – the bigger stars are what's selling this Madden thing. And you can, if you opt out of it, you say, Hey, I don't want to be a part of that. Then you can sign a, a waiver that says, I don't, I won't be a part of the Madden. But I think that that could work that way with a game like that and say, Hey, uh, college Madden, if you will. And it's the college players. They get a percentage and the NCAA gets a percentage. Everybody's happy. Rick, are you still with us? Yeah, I, something's breaking up there. I couldn't catch the last part you were saying. But, uh, you know, that's the difference between a pro athlete and, and an amateur athlete. You know, when, it, when you start paying the players, and I think what the NCAA is worried about is keeping the amateurism in the sport. And But I, I just think that's ridiculous because, uh, like I said, nothing stops the art student from getting paid for selling their art. Nothing stops the singer from getting paid and signing contracts and they're still in college. So why stop the athletes to go out and, you know, make five bucks or whatever they want to charge for an autograph or something like that. They just need to go ahead and just let them do it anyway. I mean, college football is basically professional football anyway. So it's just let them go ahead and get paid, pay them something. That's what I'm saying. That's what Antonio Brown is saying too. <laughs> hey, we're gonna, our new our new theme song for Antonio Brown, and we're going to go out on this, guys. We'll be back. Rick Reagan, our official college football contributor, lots to talk about Notre Dame and Georgia. Give us a call, 917-889-8516, and we're going to go out with our new theme song for Antonio Brown, and may he rest in peace. No pun intended. Bye, bye, bye. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. 
so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Simba Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Portland, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Thank you to myself for entertaining you for the last hour. Join us now, Rick Riggett, our official college football contributor. You know what? We're going to get into this talk, but let's just let's just absorb it. I mean, it is. We're only week four into the NCAA football top forty-five. We'll get into top twenty-five games. Obviously, the game of the week, without question, is Notre Dame and Georgia. It's a playoff game. Is in literal sense, no, not a playoff game. Rick, I know you're a big Notre Dame fan. You got to be a little bit nervous about this game. I think everybody's got uh, Georgia as the favorite. Here's what's got to happen: you don't necessarily have to win, but you can't get clobbered. How does the Notre Dame Fighting Irish keep from getting ate up by some Bulldogs tonight? Well, Georgia actually has a, some question marks, believe it or not, even though they've looked impenetrable these past few games, but they haven't played anybody yet, kind of like Notre Dame. Louisville's kind of 
you know, first game of the season was good, a good competition game, yeah, I guess. But, you know, last week New Mexico really wasn't, and then Georgia's been the same way. Georgia actually has some question marks, and nobody's talking about this because I don't really like watching the ESPN coverage where everybody ESPN is just we're going to get blown out by halftime, and that's all ESPN's take. But nobody talks about Georgia lost their top six wide receivers from last year. So not only did they lose all the starting wide receivers, they also lost the backups. That's a pretty big question mark. Uh, if Notre Dame can put this game in a position where Georgia has to pass the ball, I know Jake Fromm is great. He's a great quarterback. But to put them in a position where they have to pass the ball, that's a big question mark for Georgia. Notre Dame is going to have to ugly this game up, I would say, because uh, I don't know what we got to do against their offensive line because it's the best line in the country. It's an NFL offensive line. If we can contain DeAndre Swift, if we can get to Fromm, ugly this game up a bit, force turnovers, which Notre Dame leads the country in turnover differential, by the way. That's how Notre Dame does this. That's how Notre Dame keeps this close today. Well, I'll tell you what. It's going to be the uh, early Super Bowl of college football. I, I saw where on the cheap seats, uh, it was four hundred and twenty-five dollars, uh, up to four hundred and eighty to five hundred dollars just to get into this game. So that tells you how big of a game this is. And I, you know, I, honestly, I like Notre Dame. They're they're an Indiana team. I'm IU first and foremost, but secondary, I always like to try to root for Notre Dame. But that said, I'm also a realist. And so far this season, Georgia has steamrolled everyone in its path. The Bulldogs have won three games by a combined score of 148 to 23. This game, however, will provide the toughest test yet for the SEC East. So let's talk about that because this is huge. Because if you guys are able to beat, and by you guys, I mean Notre Dame, because I know you're a big Notre Dame fan. If Notre Dame is able to somehow, some way, Pray on the gods because we know Notre Dame is close to God. Um, win this game. This could get you guys catapulted into the Final Four, even if, even if it is only week four. Oh, well, yeah, there's no question about it. If they do end up pulling this off, uh, we will be in the top four. Even a close loss. Uh, at the end of the year, Notre Dame still has a shot to get in the playoff. It doesn't eliminate Notre Dame to go to Georgia and lose a close game. It doesn't eliminate them from the playoff. So I know it's tougher for Notre Dame only having 12 games a year, so they will look at that close loss at Georgia. But when they compare other one-loss teams at the end of the year and see Notre Dame lost close at Georgia, which probably is the best team in the country, uh, that still holds up pretty good. So it doesn't quite eliminate them. Uh, a win will probably definitely put them – I don't know if it puts them in the top four right away because – but this early in the season, it might jump over everybody else in the rankings ahead of them except for Alabama and Clemson. Uh, but really the rankings are pointless at this point until about week eight when the uh, first playoff rankings come out. So I don't know. We'll see. But a win would definitely make them one of the best teams in the country. Well, you think back since you, the last time that, that Notre Dame and Georgia met was in that iconic game back in 2017, and you gotta you gotta think that it's clo- it's near enough in everybody's memory. Only a couple of years ago, well, that was a big game. What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, just a one-point loss, and that was uh, Brandon Wimbush as quarterback. Uh, we were actually driving. Had the ball. We had the last possession there and driving, I think, around midfield or whatever, and it was a strip sack fumble. Uh, that's what ended the game. But, you know, we lost the one point to Georgia that, that year at home, so maybe this year we can return the favor. Well, Georgia that year finished 13-2 and in the season uh, and, of course, lost, went on to loss in Auburn and Alabama in the college football championships. So certainly Georgia is a major player in getting to the college football championship. Every year everybody likes to talk about Notre Dame being in the, the playoffs or Notre Dame got, got snubbed. You could catch the game on CBS, which seems kind of weird because NBC had Notre Dame for the longest time and – and now it's kind well, of spreading the love around just has, NBC is just Notre Dame home games. Uh, when they're away, it, it's up for grabs, really. ABC, CBS, ESPN. So, but, you know, CBS being the uh, SEC home, and they're playing at Georgia. So that's why it's on CBS. Well, let's kind of just uh, – we're going to get into some of these other top 25 games, but like I said earlier, this is clearly the, the game of the week. Ian Book is the obviously at the helm with the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And Book, let's face it, has struggled to play well against top-tier teams, and, and he has faced unda- – and this week is undoubtedly going to be his biggest test yet. What, what is going on in the war room of the Fighting Irish to get Book ready to, uh, for, the, for the Bulldogs? I would say it's going to be a quick release throws here, get the ball out of his hands quickly. But also at the same time, they're going to have to get the downfield passing game going. Uh, they can't just let Georgia load the box and uh, stuff the run and stuff these short yardage plays. We're going to have to create some deep threat opportunities here too to get Georgia to back up a bit and spread them out some. So that would be the game plan today. Well, one thing for sure, Book needs to take a big step forward in this game in order to achieve the elite status that many believe that he deserves. And I, I'm certainly in that crowd and think that, that he, he can do it, but he's going to have to just do it. Uh, let's talk about uh, one of the elite, speaking of elite, running backs for Georgia, uh, DeAndre Swift. How does the secondary, how does the Notre Dame fighting Irish D fight and stop what's probably going to be a first-round draft pick? Well, it starts with their offensive line, which is the best one in the country. Uh, I think Georgia right now is ahead of Clemson, probably even better than Bama. I'm thinking Georgia right now is probably the best team in the country, and it's because of their offensive line, which I think every player on that line is probably going to be an NFL first-round draft pick. Uh, It's that kind of line. They're all NFL players on that Georgia line this year. And – they're giving up Notre Dame's like 50 pounds to them. Like the Notre Dame's defensive line, everybody's like averages 50 pounds less than everybody on Georgia's offensive line. So Notre Dame is going to have to find a way to contain with that offensive line because if they're going to open up the uh, the holes for DeAndre Swift and Swift runs all over Notre Dame, it's going to be a long night. So they're going to have to find a way uh, to penetrate that offensive line. Yeah, absolutely. And Swift is the Swiss Army knife for this uh, for the Georgia Bulldogs. And a lot of people might say that he's he's the the missing link. And you know, 
I think there's even people that say on on the dark horse side of things, he's a Heisman Trophy candidate this year. And if he comes out and has a big game against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, that'll help uh, build that case uh, immensely uh, for DeAndre Swift. And I'm just waiting to get him in my fantasy football team. I'm sorry, but he's he's pretty awesome. Uh, let's talk about Demetrius Ro- uh, Robinson is another player who, who could have a big impact um, in tonight's game. What are your thoughts about him? Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, the Georgia, you know, like I said, they have a bit uh, question marks passing the ball. So we haven't had to see Fromley drop back and, and throw a whole lot against this other uh, the other competition they play because it's been blowouts by halftime. And but they're going to go against the real secondary for once, you know. So that's the question mark for Georgia is the passing game because they're all young receivers. Speaking of uh, secondaries, let's go over on the other side of the fence here with the Notre Dame firing Irish, and that's Aloy Gilman. Aloy? How do you say it? Aloy Gilman? I mean, but anyway, he's a safety Alohi. stud. And Alohi. He's a safety stud and a big-time uh, difference maker on the defensive. And for the Irish, Gilman has recorded 13 tackles and a forced fumble so far this season. So certainly, as far as the defense and the secondary and stopping Swift, he's going to be a big part of that. Yeah, he's actually the backbone of the defense, and uh, he's NFL caliber uh, defensive back. Uh, he'll make a lot of plays tonight. You'll you'll see him a bunch. You'll hear his name a bunch. He'll be all over the field. I'm not worried about Alohi Gilman, but it's our defensive line that's really going to step up against that offensive line. That's where the battle's going to be at tonight. Well, you guys got to uh, – again, I say you guys. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish have their work cut out. I mean, they're – they're the underdog by 14 and a half. We'll see what happens. I think it's the last I checked, though, it's going to open up around 12 and a half, uh, which is good somewhat, but that shows that people are, are showing a little bit more trust in Notre Dame, and we'll see how that gets closer to the game. Uh, but I just don't see it, buddy. I just don't see it. But, again, what I what I would say is this. What I would definitely say is that, if you could keep it close, but I mean, people are talking. People are talking about this being a 48-17 game, a 34-7 game, 35-10 game, 41-10 game. If that's the ballpark, big, big time troubles for Notre Dame Fighting Irish. They've got to keep this game close. Yeah, and even myself, I've just been guilty of saying, like, you know, talking about this. Other people, like Notre Dame, is either going to win this game really close or they're going to lose by 50. Uh, I, I don't want it that way. I, if they're going to lose, I, I really just want this to be a close loss. I don't want them to go down there and get embarrassed. Uh, but they're going to have to play a, uh, you know, the best game of the season that they're going to have this year to even do that. I, even with this loss here, a blowout loss will eliminate, will eliminate them from the playoffs. But even if they lose today, I still think Notre Dame could run the table from then on. Uh, you know, USC is down. Uh, we know Michigan isn't that great this year. Uh, Stanford is not that great. I think the schedule they have uh, for the rest of the year, anyway, this could be an 11-1 season, which still be great. Won't be in the playoffs with a blowout loss today, but they keep it close and lose a close game and then still finish 11-1. They'll be in the conversation at the end of the year. We're talking with Rick Riggett, our official uh, college football contributor, Notre Dame extraordinaire, uh, and Notre Dame fan. Big game tonight against the Georgia Bulldogs, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Notre Dame uh, goes down to Athens, Georgia, 
uh, they won't have any Texas Longhorns uh, with them. <laughs> Remember that uh, when they brought the Longhorn out with the with the Bulldog, and it was like a total disaster. Let's move on to some of these other games. Auburn and Texas A and M. This is going to be one of those close games, and one that we don't even have to really worry about being close. Twenty four twenty probably at twenty seven twenty four in that ballpark. It's going to be a very close game within a a field goal. Auburn and Texas A and M. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think this is a game that uh, Kayla Mons really wants to step up. Uh, I, I've been saying the past couple weeks, I think Texas A&M is – they're definitely a top-five team in the SEC. I, I do think they're a little more athletic than Auburn. Uh, Auburn, under Gus Malzahn, finds their way to winning uh, games like this. I mean, everybody wants to <coughs> – excuse me, Malzahn fired. But, you know, when he gets in games like this, we already saw it this year at Oregon. Uh, you know, they beat Oregon, neutral site there in Dallas. I think Texas A&M gets a close win here because I think Texas a and is just a little more athletic. Uh, better, obviously, at the quarterback position, even though Bo Nix is a fr- true freshman, and he's going to be great down the road here. I just I just think that A&M has a better athletes, uh, a little bit better quarterback, and I think it's a close win for A&M. You know, I, I wish we could talk about the top 25 and totally exclude the SEC, but it's just it's just not not the case. And Tennessee has fallen apart, uh, not only the Titans, but the Volunteers as well. And, you know, they, they go down to the swamp to play the Gators. The Gators are very, very strong. I think a lot of people like Florida, I mean, Tennessee to win this game, but I honestly think this could be a 27-21 game in, in the favor of Florida. Well, we have to get Clay Travis on the show here to talk about the Titans and the Vols. Uh, <laughs> Fire everybody, but, damn uh, it! Fire everybody. <laughs> You're right. He, he he was on a tear yesterday, wasn't he? It it would not surprise me if Tennessee got this win because uh, now Florida's rolling out a new quarterback because Felipe Franks uh, broke his ankle last week and is out for the year. So. It wouldn't surprise me if Tennessee actually got this win, and that's what keeps Jeremy Pruitt tired on it at Tennessee. I don't know how bad everybody's calling for his head just yet, but it's not going great at Tennessee. But it would not surprise me if they got a win today. Just based off get, Florida not, ha- not having a quarterback now. We do need to get Clay Travis on this show. That's for sure, dang it. I mean, first of all, you would have to handle the interview because I'd be like starstruck. Just kidding. Uh, let's <laughs> let's talk about another big game in the SEC. We'll move on to some of these other teams. Of course, uh, UK down at Mississippi. I, I I'm split between this. It's got to be a 31-28 type game. Uh, Mississippi wins. Uh, I want to get Kentucky to win here. I, I still think they're they're really good. Uh, I know they lost a lot from last year. They lost close to Florida a couple weeks ago. I, I'm going to give UK the win here. See, being a U, an IU guy, I can't give Purdue the win, and I can never give UK the win. So it is what it is. I'm going to roll with Mississippi State. I think it's a 50-50 shot on here it, on, on what you do. Let's talk about the number one team in the country. Uh, again, not a lot going on over on the ACC network that most cable networks didn't have, but you're lucky enough to have them so you will be able to watch this really big, big game between Clemson and Charlotte. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm going to pick some high school team from your area or mine and go play them against Clemson because that's basically all they're playing against today, some 4A, 5A powerhouse, you know, <laughs> high school football team in Charlotte. <laughs> so I don't know why they schedule games like this and they want to be the number one team in the country. It, it, it's goofy. Just 
play some teams, you know. I mean, you got Notre Dame, Georgia today. You got A&M and Auburn. You got Michigan and Wisconsin. You know, big marquee matchups, teams that are not afraid to play, you know, other good teams beginning of the year. So, come on, Clemson, step up. Alabama's in the same boat. Alabama does this crap, too, where they, they don't play anybody. They play two good games all year. So, come on, guys. Well, they need to pay a little bit of – they need to pay a little bit of money. Clemson, Alabama, and Georgia need to play a little bit of pay a little bit of money and play the the Dolphins and the Titans because they're sure to win those games. <laughs> yeah, I think they beat the the, the Dolphins no doubt this year. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I do not think that the Titans are tanking. I do think they stink. And talking about Clay Travis, he said burn down the village and start all over again. And I I'm not far from his line of thinking, but. I hope that that the, that the Titans keep going down this path of destruction, and the Jacksonville Jags—they got nothing. I mean, Nick Foles. I mean, God, what a great good quarterback. We'll get into this a little bit with Ed Kratz in the next half hour, but what a good quarterback. He just man—he gets riddled everywhere he goes, and and uh, they got a quarterback issue. And now I don't know that Nick's going to be the starting quarterback after what we saw Thursday night against the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, not if Gardner Minshew keeps uh, playing the way he's playing. I mean, he was fearless throwing the ball downfield and making the plays. Uh, that's exactly what you, what you want to see in the backup quarterback. So he might have just – he put together a uh, another game like that, and he's probably earned himself the starting job rest of the year. What a better, what a better uh, backup than the backup to the backup who taught the backup how to be the starting quarterback. The story could go on. But Alabama and Southern Miss, nothing to talk about there, but it's Alabama and we need to talk about it. I don't think we need to. I think we need to talk about Michigan, Wisconsin. Okay. <laughs> Go Badgers. I, I, we we, we don't want to leave that out. That's another top ten matchup this week, and we're talking Alabama and Clemson and high school football teams. <laughs> no, you're absolutely you're absolutely right. Uh, Michigan's going to get smacked in the face by the Wisconsin Badgers, which I don't think any of us are going to be too unhappy about. And yet again. Everybody's going to be okay with Tim Harbaugh's subpar, overrated performance. Yeah, I think you're right because they got to go to Camp Randall, one of the toughest places to play in the country. Uh, I don't know what that was against Army, you know, in their last game two weeks ago, but uh, maybe that's just a uh, a precursor. Really, that's that's what Michigan is. It's a really boring offense. It's not creative. Uh, he turned the offensive play calling over to his offensive coordinator which Harbaugh does not normally do, but the offense really isn't getting going. So I can see Harbaugh sticking his nose and get, putting his hands in the cookie jar, calling the plays tonight. And that's probably going to be their downfall again because I don't see them beating Wisconsin. I know it's only a three-point game, three-point spread, but I think uh, Wisconsin wins by a couple touchdowns here. So, And then we'll talk about Harbaugh. He should be fired or not fired. Then Michigan won't fire him because he brings money to the university still. So, it's just a continuous loop every year at Michigan. They're going to lose two or three games that they should win. I don't know if today's one of those days where they should win a game, but they need to win this game. So they're going to lose tonight. They're going to lose to Notre Dame here in a few weeks. And they're not going to be at Ohio State this year, obviously. So there's three losses there. And then we'll see what they well, do in the bowl game. So. <laughs> well, Ohio State's got Miami, Miami of Ohio now again. Talk about the high school. Well, you know what, Miami, Ohio, that's where Ben Roethlisberger went. And uh, certainly an IU coach uh, used to coach there. So, uh, 
God rest his soul. But yeah, Ohio State. Well, against- you know what? I, I, I should have had the, one of my best friends is on his way there right now. I think he's actually in Inkland. It's a big Ohio State fan, and he's actually uh, going to that game today. So I should have had him call in with us, you know, on the road to Columbus and give us uh, his take. Yeah. But it, it, this is a, a this not going to be. I think Ohio State's like a forty point favorite. They're going to win by forty easily, maybe even in the first half. So yeah, and then uh, like I said, at the end of the year, Michigan's got to contend with that, even though it's going to be at the big house. But I think Ohio State rolls Michigan at the end of the year by three touchdowns. So you know, then the hardball thing continues. Well, another game to keep our eyes on, and it's going to have to be our final game of this segment. But LSU at Vanderbilt, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, Vandy's rolling out some really cool-looking uniforms today. I mean, I, I really like those uh, alternate uniforms they're wearing today. They're like a black-and-white version. It's got some uh, – it's got the chain and anchor. kind of looks like a whole Navy theme on their helmet with the uh, riveted, like, metal-looking helmets and everything. It's really, really neat-looking. But – uh LSU is another big powerhouse this year. LSU is legit this year. So uh, maybe that's a team that can also contend with Bama in the SEC. Uh, LSU is that good. I would love to see LSU and Georgia hook up this year, not really Georgia and Bama, because LSU is playing scary good. Scary good. Well, you just talk about the uniform uh, modifications. I, I think the Bulldogs changed a little bit of their uniform as well. I'm not real sure, but I do know they uh, what they're doing doing some kind of like red out, even with all their LED lights in the stadium. I don't know, at, at, during timeouts or between quarters or whatever, or turn all the lights out, just having the red lights on or something. It's the first time they're trying that, you know, ever. That obviously, they're going to try against Notre Dame because, you know, even though as irrelevant as Notre Dame is every year, if we get games like this, it's being a tennis record at Sanford Stadium, and they're doing this whole red out thing because of Notre Dame, but – you know, Notre Dame is so irrelevant, too, at the same time. So, Well, join, joining us now to take us into our NFL segment, we'll get into that here in just a second. But Mo from the BS Sports Show and Ed Kratz, the uh, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, is going to be joining us momentarily as well. But, Mo, big game tonight between Notre Dame and Irish. What are your thoughts between Notre Dame and Irish? Between the Notre Dame fighting Irish and the Georgia Bulldogs. Sorry, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, for people who say that, uh, you know, Notre Dame's a joke, this is a chance for Notre Dame to go up and prove themselves against a uh, top uh, SEC team. Uh, for Georgia to, uh, you know, hang towards the top of that uh, division, top of that conference with the likes of Alabama, uh, you know, it's, it's a win that they must get. Uh, Georgia played at Notre Dame last year this game and now uh, uh, down uh, south uh, for Notre Dame. So, uh, you know, Ian Book looked ready. He looked good last week. Uh, hopefully he can come out and have a good game. Uh, against the Georgia Bulldogs tonight. Uh, well, uh, Rick, I know you got to go. Thanks for joining us for our, our official college uh, football segment. Uh, we're going to be joined here in a moment by Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles. We're going to talk very briefly about uh, uh, Antonio Brown, and we're done talking about Antonio Brown after we get done with this segment. But, uh, Rick, where can people find your work at Masterpiece of Sir? Uh, just on Twitter, at Reagan underscore Rick. All right, buddy, have yourself a good weekend, and uh, we'll see what happens with the Irish. Yep, see you, buddy. Thanks. Rick Riggin, our official college football contributor, joins us. We are talking college football. Of course, the big game of the week is Notre Dame and the uh, Georgia Bulldogs. My name is Tom Marquisell, Presidente. Stick around. It's about to get good the last half hour. We saved the best for last. Ed Kratz and Mo, the BS Sports Show, joins us. Where the car broke down. 
Yellow dog school bus, kicking up red bus, kicking us up by barbed wire fence. MTV on the RCA, no AC in the vents. We were Jesus, Sammy, blue jean baby, born in the USA. Trailer park truck stop, fade a little map, dots New York to LA. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. All right, welcome back to the Balance 90 Minutes in the Can. My name is Tom Marcosel, Presidente, 917-889-8516 is our digits. Thanks, guys, for uh, sticking with me for the first hour all by myself. Uh, I know Matthew Embry, uh, uh, our official IndyCar contributor, is also a producer for Notre Dame Fighting Irish Radio at WSPDF in South Bend. Has a lot going on with the big game going on in Georgia, so he was unable to do- join us. But IndyCar rolls into Laguna for championship weekend. Will be Joseph Newgarden, Alexander Rossi. Uh, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens, and we'll play that out, of course. And uh, we were supposed to have Steve from Speedway Digest join us, but they're down in Richmond, and He's at the track and had a lot going on. So you had me for the first hour. So, hey, what what a better, what a better thing. And then, of course, Rick Reagan joined us last half hour talking college football. We talked a lot about that big game between Notre Dame and the Georgia Bulldogs. It's a playoff game, whether it is or not. Well, you're not going to say it is. They got to keep this from being a 41-10 type game. And Notre Dame Irish has got to slow this down and make it look ugly early. And, um, Speaking of looking ugly early, Mo from the BS Sports Show joins us now. And Ed Crash from uh, Beat Writer for the Philadelphia Eagles with SI.com. How are we doing? How, how are we doing, y'all? Ed? 
Hey, doing great. I, you know, I, I don't know if I should take that as a compliment, speaking of looking ugly or, or what. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nobody gets any uglier than me. Bo, how are you doing, sir? Uh, I feel like I just got kicked in the crotch by uh, a mule, but other than that, uh, I'm doing good. <laughs> are you going to hey, all Antonio different? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rick had, Rick had to roll. I mean, I don't know what he's got going on. But uh, let's, let's get it out of our systems, guys. Antonio Brown cut by the New England Patriots. That lasted a long time. I'm so, so, so tired of uh, talking about Antonio Brown. The NFL uh, issued the new uh, Antonio Brown theme song. Bye, bye, bye. He's not going to be on another team. Let's, <laughs> what an a fitting thing of the NFL to re- release the Antonio Brown uh, theme song. We'll start with you, Ed Kratz, because you're our official NFL contributor. Speak your piece, because we've got other things to talk about than Antonio Brown. I say good riddance. But I, I, I quoted this on the show earlier. And you just wait. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. We're not done talking about Antonio Brown, but the next song is going to be uh, CTE. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the next saga will be. I don't think it's going to be with the team anytime soon. And you're right. You know, it's uh, the, the the Patriots to me were wrong in bringing him uh, into the fold 11 days before they released him because you know he, uh, you know this this was all out there. Uh, before they brought him in, and I'm not sure why they did. I mean, I, it just made no sense to me. They were playing the Miami Dolphins with, you know, with Antonio Brown, which to me is a, kind of a bye week anyway. So um, it was pointless for them to bring him in. Uh, they did the right thing finally in releasing him, and now the NFL will conduct, conduct its investigation and see where it goes from here, but I don't think any team will sign him while that investigation is going on. Um, I, I just think he, his his career could be over. Why would any team, even if it, I don't know, it's just me. Mo, Mo, what are your thoughts? I mean, his career is over. It's got to be. There's no way that any team is ever going to sign uh, Antonio Brown again. I mean, you know, well, as, as teams get desperate, and they feel like they're that one playmaker away from being a Super Bowl contender. You never know. But what's crazy to me is that you've realized now that the Patriots will probably one rape allegation, but boy, you get that second one, and they're all out on you. One, yeah, you're good, but two, two, no, they're uh, they're not going to keep you on the team if you have a second rape allegation. Again, in all fairness, because he's a human being, let's be fair to him. It is allegations. He's not been charged with anything at all. Nothing legally, and, it's, and to my knowledge right now, I don't even know if there's a criminal investigation open. So that said, and Nike, Nike separated uh, ties with them, and you can say what you want. I mean, it, I know people have different sides of the fence here, but, I mean, I, I, I think that Colin did more damage to the sport than Antonio Brown did, and, and yet Colin still maintains a very lucrative uh, uh, endorsement by Nike. But that's a personal uh, opinion, so take it take it at at, it, at its will. But I just I don't know why Nike had to put themselves in the middle of this. But I understand why they separated themselves. But but I, if you're going to separate yourself from Antonio Brown, you got to separate yourself from Colin. That's just my hot take of the day. Speaking of hot takes, Ed, we'll go on over to you. Thursday night, we saw um, 
the Titans, and, 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 and I shouldn't be sad because I'm not, because AFC South, we saw the Titans get totally demolished and smacked in the face by Jacksonville Jaguars, and it wasn't with Jolly St. Nick. It was with Gardner Minshaw, which is going to be the next quarterback for uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, you know, I know he made the comment this week that Nick Foles is like a big brother to him, but maybe Nick Foles showed him how, exactly how to be a really good backup quarterback and take the, the starting position because it looks like Nick Foles is not going to be the starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars, despite how much he's being paid. Go ahead, Ed. Well, yeah, well, I mean, it looks like that now, uh, but, you know, listen, I mean, it's only been, what, one and a half games for Minshew or, you know, at least one full game that uh, he's been able to do this, and now, you know, it's Minshew mania is running wild to me. I, I kind of pumped the brakes a little bit, and, uh, you know, let's see how he develops from here. It was one game. Um, you know, I'm not ready to anoint him the next Patrick Mahomes or, or even the starting quarterback for the Jaguars. I mean, I – you know, I know Nick's going to be out for the next, uh, you know, however many weeks here, maybe, you know, eight, nine weeks. But, uh, you know, I, I want to see Minshew do it over an extended period. I'm not going to get carried away with one game. Yeah, he played well. Um, but I think the story of that game was the Jacksonville defense. You know, they just uh, ran roughshod over that offensive line of the Titans. Uh, nine sacks. Calais Campbell was unblockable. You couldn't stop him. Um, that to me was the story was that defense. And now from here, we'll see how Minshew develops, but I'm not ready to go out on the limb and say, yeah, he's the next starting quarterback for the Jaguars. He still to me uh, has to show that he can do it week in and week out. Mo, let's talk about these quarterbacks dropping like flies. We saw Breeze, uh, Roethlisberger, of course, Luck is retired. That's, you know, all of that just keeps keeps happening with these quarterbacks. So you would think, Hey, this is a good opportunity for backup quarterbacks to show themselves the New York Jets. Uh, though they, they, I, I know Donald will be back here in a few weeks, but he's still two to three weeks out from getting done with this mono. And the more I hear about this, I, I guess you can actually die from this. I didn't know this, especially doing the kind of things that you'll be required to do as an NFL quarterback, but the New York jets third string quarterback out there. They, they are in need of a quarterback deeply. They're going to have to go shopping somewhere and maybe they have to go shopping at all these, but I'm just saying they've got to find themselves a quarterback. And, and where that is, I don't know, Mo. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, let's be honest. Where are the Jets going this year? Nowhere. So I, I don't know that it really matters. The one date thing I think that came out of all this is that the uh, Jets have limited kissing in the huddles from now on. So there's no more kissing each other in the huddle to uh, prevent the spread of the mono. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Leave, leave it, uh, leave it to Mo on the spread of the mono. <laughs> and let's go to the, let's start with the home of cards, guys, and then we'll get into the, some other games. The Philadelphia Eagles, uh, one and one, uh, just like the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, but the Philadelphia Eagles have got to make an appearance coming here in Week Three to redeem themselves, because a lot of people, myself included, have the Eagles going to the Super Bowl against. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. In order for that to happen, they got to get have uh, get a something going here. And I, I know that hey, we're, we're still early in the season. It's only week three, but uh, the Philadelphia Eagles got to come out this week and, and make a statement. Uh, yeah, I was hoping that Rick would be here so he, I could get his take on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he bailed because he didn't want to make it look bad. No, well, well, they are. <laughs> They are the undefeated Lions. I mean, they're coming in here without a loss <laughs> on the record. I mean, they, they have that tie in the opener. But um, And, Matt, you know, Matthew Stafford plays well against the Eagles in his career. He's 3-1 and one against them with nine touchdowns and one interception. And 
you know, that Eagles secondary is a big concern. Uh, they gave up 200-yard receivers to the Falcons. I mean, that was a hard-fought physical game Sunday night in Atlanta. Uh, the Eagles had plenty of injuries piled up. They played basically that game without Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey and then Dallas Goddard, their tight end, couldn't go. So really three of their, their five uh, offensive weapons were out of the game. And uh, and they almost won it, which is remarkable. I mean, they, you know, they had the lead late in the fourth quarter, and then they gave up the 54-yard bubble, you know, bubble screen touchdown to Julio Jones. So, um, you know, I thought they played as well as could be expected after they lost three of their top five weapons. So, uh, but now they're banged up. You know, Deshaun Jackson's not going to play Sunday. Alshon Jeffrey's questionable. Goddard's questionable. I'd be surprised uh, if either of them played. If they played, I don't think they'll have the big role. So now you're looking at. Uh, guys that weren't even part of the game plan to start the season, Matt Collins and, and the rookie, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, and uh, Nelson Aguilar, who had a big drop in that game late in the game that would have been a touchdown probably that would have given the Eagles the lead in the last minute and a half. Um, so, you know, you're counting on these guys who weren't even part really of the game plan to start the year. So we'll see what Wentz is able to do. Having a week to prepare uh, with them should help. You know, they were kind of thrust into action last week. Some of them didn't even really know where to line up. Uh, it was kind of chaotic inside the huddle, um, but this week they're preparing like they're going to play, and they will play. Uh, but the concern is on the defense, you know, stopping Stafford and, um, you know, that run game. I know Matt Patricia is going to try to shorten the game up a little bit, uh, maybe keep it to like a 10-possession game for the Eagles where you normally get maybe 12 or 13 possessions in a game. Uh, and he's going to try to do that by controlling the clock with uh, Stafford in the short passing game and the running game. Uh, I love the tight ends that the Lions have and TJ Hawkinson and Jesse James. I, I think they're a really good, formidable duo that the Eagles are going to have to really pay attention to. Um, I think it's a good matchup. I think it's going to be a close game. I know the Eagles are favored by a touchdown or so, but I think it's going to be closer than that. Well, we'll keep, we'll keep going with the, uh, with the home, homework card. I know that the, you've got the, the Browns and you've got the Bears. You play a, a, a dual card here. Obviously, uh, the Bears got the Redskins on Monday night. But uh, forefront tomorrow night, uh, uh, the Browns and the Rams. Uh, Rams come into town flying across country. Uh, and the Rams, again, uh, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, the Browns are one and one. And Baker Mayfield, again, we were, all eyes were on the Cleveland Browns. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, even though that the uh, Browns uh, knocked off the Jets on Monday night, it, Baker did not look good in the game and, and a huge loss to the Browns uh, with David Njoku, their tight end, being put on IR. Uh, the, you know, the defense uh, still had a good number of penalties, which killed them in week one against Tennessee. Uh, a lot of uh, selfish penalties were with uh, roughing the passer, uh, you know, guys lining up offsides, which when you have a guy that's fast Miles Garrett, you'll have that where he jumps offsides. It, it's kind of it, it, it evens itself out for how many times he does get to the quarterback. But a couple of those late hit penalties, uh, just uh, I think selfish penalties on the defense. Uh, you know, Odell Beckham had a huge game, but you got to be looking for Baker to be more consistent. Uh, he hasn't been that Baker of last year yet this year so far. So I think as far as the Browns go, they're looking for a more consistent Baker Mayfield uh, in this game come Sunday night. You know, your, your Bears, the other team that you cover, uh, it's got the Redskins on Monday night. And I mean, I think a lot of people are pleasantly surprised to see the Redskins in the position that they are this early in the season. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the same thing with the Browns that the, uh, the bears are looking for some consistency from Mitchell Trubisky, their quarterback. Uh, I think this is a game though, where that, that bears defense will finally get uh, those turnovers that they've been lacking these first couple of weeks or a defense that led the league last year and takeaways. And I think you'll see uh, this defense really come to life uh, come Monday night against the Redskins. 
You know what? Uh, I loved this game against Tennessee. It was hot there. I wasn't there. I watched it on TV. But I'll be at the game tomorrow with Atlanta. But I loved seeing my Indianapolis Colts just fight, fight, fight. And, you know, at the end of each game, coaches across the league give a game ball. The game ball does not go to a player this this week with the Tennessee Titans, Ed. It goes to Frank Reich. Frank Wright won that game, and I tell you what, he had some kahunas to do it because you're, you're fourth and in inches. There's still plenty of time on the clock. A lot could go wrong, and they did a good job on fooling the defense. So we're going to go for it. We're not going to go for it. Really, in a lot of ways, what I'd like to say, no pun intended because the, the Vinatieri is another subject. Oh, God, we thought he was going to retire. And I love the guy. I mean, I do. And, I, I mean, you can't get – it has to be his choice. Uh, and I think at, at the end of that Tennessee game, Ben and Terry was ready to call it quits. But I do think that Frank Reich, Ballard, and Ursa had to sit down uh, with Ben and Terry and said, we need you. You know, we've got the home opener. Let's, let's get through this, and let's see if maybe we can find some replacement. So on two fronts, Frank Reich, I think, is the glue. Frank Reich won that game. I go back to that play. It could, could have gone a different ways. And it was a very, very ballsy call to make because a lot of coaches this early in the season would say, not going to go with it for fourth and inches. And they did, and they won the game. Frank Reich deserves the, bang, the game ball for last week's win, uh, Ed. Well, I, uh, you know how I feel about Frank Reich. I mean, I, I absolutely love the guy. I got to know him when he was here in Philadelphia as the offensive coordinator. And, you know, he, he was – him and Doug Peterson were kind of, uh, you know, the brain trust in that 2017 run to the Super Bowl. And, you know, you look at that team, and the Eagles went for it on fourth down a lot. And Doug Peterson is very aggressive on fourth down. It doesn't matter whether it's week one, two, three, or week 16 or 17. He's – you know, he, he likes to go for it on fourth down. Um yeah, and that's all an analytics thing, you know. I know that the Eagles have a an analytics guy, and they study these kind of situations, and I'm sure they do that in Indianapolis as well, um, because Frank Reich is kind of a product, uh, you know, of Doug Peterson having been here uh, as his O coordinator. And um, I just like what he's doing with uh, running the ball. Um, you, you know, they're really piling up yards on the ground. I think they're second in the league in rushing. And I know in this day and age, you know, the kind of the run game takes a backseat. It's a passing league, but you know, the run can set up so much with play action and, uh, you know, underneath throws. And, uh, you know, I just like what he's doing, especially when you had to put Brissett in there kind of at the last minute. So now he's really put an emphasis on the run game. And, um, you know, when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl with Frank Reich as the coordinator, the Eagles were the third best team in the league in running the ball. Uh, I still think running the ball has a place in the league, and I love what he's doing uh, by, by, you know, he's got a very good physical offensive line, especially the interior of that line and, and he's taken advantage of it. I mean, Frank Reich's a smart guy and um, you know, I'm, I'm really happy to see what he's doing, uh, you know, with the game plan and, you know, with that decision-making on fourth down and um, you know, it's, it's, he's an easy guy to root for. Well, tomorrow Atlanta comes to town, the Falcons come to town and let's talk about this storyline, uh, Mo. We've got a lot of storylines, if you will, with the Colts. We got Mac, big Mac, glad that he's, I mean, on, on, we're, we're on both ends of the spectrum, but, uh, but as far as the, the running game, we are leading the NFL. Marlon Mack is a big part of that. We needed to have him. Unfortunately, we're on the other end of the spectrum with the defensive end, and Darius Leonard is in concussion protocol. Unfortunately, we needed him as well. But Marlon Mack, 
Darius Leonard and, and Adam Vinatieri, all big storylines of the Indianapolis Colts and NFL going into week three, Mo. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, with Vinatieri, if you look, if you're the Colts who's sitting out there right now, that's better than Adam Vinatieri. You know what I mean? I mean, I think kickers go through, you know, where they get the shanks for a while, and, and I think Vinatieri will be fine as the season goes on. I think Marlon Max carries are probably going to be limited tomorrow. He was on the uh, injury report, so that you could see a limit to his carries tomorrow. We'll see a lot more from uh, Naheem Hines. Uh, you know, and uh, you look at this football team, it, it, Darius Leonard is the heart and soul in the defense, and I think it's a big loss to have him in the football game tomorrow against an Atlanta team that can have a high-powered offense. So uh, the, the penetration that Darius Leonard uh, gets and the way he's able to cover the running backs out of the backfield, I think, could hurt the Colts tomorrow with his absence. And let's talk about another big story in the NFL that everybody's been talking about outside of Antonio Brown, and that's Jalen Ramsey with the Jags. He said he didn't want to be there. He said he didn't want to be there on Wednesday, and uh, uh, he called a press conference, basically said, hey, I'm sorry that, that this blankety-blank came down, but, you know, I think everybody knows what up. I can't speak his lingo, but nonetheless, the Jags, I think, prefer to keep, not trade Jalen Ramsey, and I'm scratching my head. What's going on there? Because if they want to, if they want to trade him, which I've heard that they want a number one and a number two, I think you talked about that as two as well. Why risk injury uh, and putting him out there? Or maybe they're, they're clever like a fox by putting him out there. Like you mentioned to me offline on text, I believe it was you that said, uh, you know, if, if he gets hurt, they could, they could trade him in the off season and they have nothing to lose. So maybe they're clever like a fox, but what are your thoughts on this Diva Ramsey Jaguars thing? Because they're not going to trade him in, in division. You would think that maybe Tennessee would want him, but they're going to. If Tennessee picks him up, it's going to be big, big, big time uh, cost to Tennessee, which I don't think that they're going to be able to do. So they're going to go somewhere outside of the division if they're even shopping him. Well, him and Doug Marone don't get along, and that's probably the real uh, thrust of this. You know, they had that blow up on the sidelines, so. Uh, I'm not sure they're going to trade him. You know, the owner came out Thursday night and said, you know, he'll pay him whatever his worth is. He doesn't have a problem with it. So um, maybe some of that talk has died down. I know the Eagles were kind of in pretty heavy with him. Uh, You know, every team has touched base with about Jalen Ramsey. But, you know, you look at Howie Roseman, who uh, is very aggressive in making trades, and the Eagles certainly could use, uh, you know, somebody with that type of star power uh, to play on the corner. Um, I mentioned earlier they're having trouble in that past de- with that past defense. They've given up six touchdowns in the air this year in two games. So, uh, you know, I know the Eagles were mentioned. I know the Chiefs have been mentioned pretty prominently, and I think the Seahawks as well. I think it's those three teams um, and maybe the Raiders to an extent, four teams that are really in on Ramsey if they decide to trade him. And uh, it was a surprise kind of, I guess, if they played him. I know Ramsey said that he wanted to be there for his teammates. Um, showing that, hey, you know, I can get along inside of a locker room. And him and Ronald Darby are good friends. You know, Darby, of course, the Eagles cornerback, they played together at Florida State. Um, Ramsey is very good friends with Derek Barnett, uh, the defensive end for the Eagles. They went to the same high school together. Um, so, you know, he does have friends inside that Eagles locker room. That, uh, And I'm sure Howie's looking at it. And if he gets traded, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it's to the Eagles. But I'm not sure he's going to get dealt. Uh, and then, again, getting back to playing Thursday night, I mean, yeah, you could trade him if he got hurt in the off season, but if it was something catastrophic like an ACL or an Achilles, uh, then you're going to lose some value, of course. But uh, Jags decided to play him. Ramsey wanted to play. Uh, and now maybe things have quieted down on the trade front. I don't know. Things have gotten quiet. But sometimes when they get quiet, 
that's kind of the calm before the storm and then, you know, a deal gets done. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that all plays out here over the, over the rest of this weekend. And then, uh, you know, into early next week. Exactly. It's very, very hard to put a trade together in a, in a 48 hour period. So we'll see what happens. We only got just a few minutes before we have to wrap it up and put a bow on it. We'll start with you, Mo. Baltimore is at Kansas city chiefs, both really good teams going into week three. Yeah. You know, uh, Everything says the Chiefs win this game, but to me, I don't know. I like the defense of Baltimore. I like the way they scored touchdowns. Uh, you know, <clears throat> Lamar Jackson is able to throw them through the air a lot to their tight end. I, it's hard for me to say it, but I think I like Baltimore on the road. Speaking of going on the road, the Broncos head to uh, Green Bay. Not going to be the frozen tundra, but Aaron Rodgers is looks like he needs to thaw out a little bit, and I need him to thaw out a lot because I got him for fantasy football. He's just being mediocre. He's not being a, a star Aaron Rodgers that we know that he can be, but I think Green Bay wins at home against Denver, Ed. Yeah, you know, tough loss for the Broncos last uh, last week. Um, Big Fangio still looking for that first win. That Packers defense, you know, I was a little skeptical week one, uh, but week two, they, they played pretty well on defense again. So, you know, this defense looks like it could be for real, and I'm happy about that. I know the coordinator, defensive coordinator in Green Bay very well, Mike Pettin. Uh, his son and my son played on the same soccer team when they were younger, like oh, five, wow. six years old. Uh, you know, I know his father well. His father's a legendary coach in Pennsylvania, won, you know, 330-plus games. And Mike Pettin's known as junior. Uh, around here because you know, his father's name was also Mike Pettin. He was senior, but uh, so I'm happy for that defense. I'm happy for for Junior or for Pettin. Uh, you know that they're they're playing as well as they are. It'd be interesting to see him keep it up. Must win. For, well, I, I I don't want to call anything a must win in week three, but a uh, big game for Denver. It'd be nice to see the big Fangio get that first win too. Um, but I think the Packers defense is a little, a little too strong, and I don't know about Joe Flacco. You know, I'm not sure. You know, maybe the Ravens were right about him. Maybe he has nothing left. He hasn't shown that much so far early on. Real quickly, you know, uh, my son and my granddaughter are all distraught about uh, Cam Newton. And um, so, I mean, it looks like Cam's out. I don't know if he's, if he's, if he's, if he's out for the season, uh, but it's certainly uh, it's time to uh, uh, look at Allen. Allen gets the start and, and I, I tried to encourage my granddaughter that he'll be back, but maybe I'm just being a good grandpa, Mo. Cam Newton and the Panthers. Uh, Panthers will be, are here in December. I think my son's going to join me for that game, going to fly in from North Carolina. But I tell you what, as a Panthers fan, secondary, and my son and granddaughter are huge Panthers fans, guys. What are we our thoughts about Cam Newton? Start with you, Mo. Well, you know, uh, you have that uh, surgery like Andrew Luck had, and it's not the easiest to come back from, you know. We saw Cam nicked up at the end of the year again last year, uh, you know, and a lot of those hits uh, are, 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 you know, I think taking their toll. But, you know, that shoulder when you're a quarterback is no joke. So uh, Cam's still struggling. Uh, they haven't <clears throat> got the ball to Christian McCaffrey a lot. Uh, you know, and I think Arizona is not as bad as we thought they were going to be. So I, I like the Cardinals in this game. You, you know, Ed, my son said to me yesterday on a text, he goes, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Cam pulls an Andrew Luck. What are your thoughts? Well, it's a, I mean, you know, I think Cam's listed as a foot injury now. I think he's in a walking boot. Uh, so, yeah, the shoulder could be one thing, but now that's, the foot's another thing. And, you know, there's a lot of going on in the feet. You know, with the Liz Frank sprains that they have that could require surgery, you got the Achilles down there. So, you know, this is certainly something to watch. Kyle Allen, I don't know much about him as the backup, but he's going to get to start Sunday and, 
Uh, you know, I'm with Mo. I think the Cardinals can win this game. The, the Panthers haven't won since, I think, like uh, November of last year. I think they're on an eight-game losing streak yeah. uh, mm-hmm. dating back to last year. So, uh, you know, that's kind of uh, – you know, that's kind of pervaded that locker room a little bit, and they just have to find a way to win. I'm not sure it comes this week, though, against Arizona. I might need to change my jersey selections for their Christmas presents. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. All right, guys, uh, final thoughts, words of wisdom. we got to wrap it up, put a bowl on it. We'll start with you, Mo. What are your thoughts? Well, I just hope that uh, I go through the week without uh, hearing about Antonio Brown farting in another doctor's case. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a doctor, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to get into all the graphicness, but if you're a doctor, I mean, I I would think that comes with part of it. I I don't know if I'm a doctor, I'm not going to be suing for for a fart in the face. I mean, if that's the case, man, I you know how many Dutch ovens I've given over my life at time. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't get any – it just uh, – I, I shouldn't stop laughing when I read that story, but you're right, Mo. Thanks for joining us. Where can people find your work at Masterpieces, Mo? Uh, at Mo Radio Show. All right, buddy. We'll talk with you soon. Mo for the BS Sports Show joins us. Always uh, gives us the lighter side of things. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, our official NFL contributor. Ed, any final words of wisdom? Uh, just the penalties, man. I, you know, watching that Thursday night game, all the flags, and I read a stat now we're holding, I guess, you know, there's this increase on calling holding penalties. There's been 70 more holding calls this year on the offense. And, you know, I hate a game with too many penalty flags. And I, and I really, uh, you know, I like to see a clean, well-played game. I just think they're really over the top with these penalties. But this is what the owners and I think the coaches wanted was more penalties on holding, and they're getting them. So uh, hopefully that will lighten up as the season goes along. Ed, we appreciate you joining us. Where can people find your work at Masterpieces, sir? Uh, hit me on Kratzy at K-R-A-C-Z-E. You can find me there. Yeah, we'll find you there for sure. Ed, have yourself a good weekend, <laughs> sir. Thank you, sir. You too, Tom. <laughs> All bye-bye. Ed Kratz, beat writer for Philadelphia Eagles, SI.com. Uh, you can find him at Kratz. Uh, really easy to find on Twitter. Uh, my name is Tom Marcus El Presidente. Uh, thanks for not pulling your eyes out in the first hour with me. Uh, I know Matthew Embry, WSVT up at the South Bend House, has a lot going on with the Notre Dame fight in Irish. And uh, we'll see what happens with IndyCar Championship weekend. Is it going to be Joseph Newgarden? Is it going to be Alexander Rossi? Who's it going to be? We will find out. Remember, you heard it first from me. Alexander Rossi is going to win the championship. I gave you all kinds of predictions today. Uh, make sure you follow us on at uh, T-Balance. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente. And remember, don't drink a drive in cool. We do this thing called The Balance every Saturday morning. We say goodbye to Antonio Brown in the NFL. I'm out of here. Deuces. Join us next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com.